Hello everyone, welcome back to Chibi and Chill, the anime podcast, the podcast that talks all about all things anime, all things manga, anything that you're kind of thinking Japan related, it's about anime, it's about manga, I'm going to be talking about it on this podcast, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. So I'm your host Ryan and I'm a massive anime and manga fan and I have been for many 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 years, since the 90s, since I was a kid and that fad has never truly ended. So a few things before we dive into today's episode, I've got a bunch of new anime pin badges over on my eBay shop for you to check out. There's One Piece ones, there's Pokemon one and there's some Jujutsu Kaisen ones with more being added to the range soon. I'm not entirely sure when, I need to kind of prep them first, but they are coming soon. Be sure to check out the first five pins that are over, they're already live, they're already on the shop, go check them out. You won't want to miss out on them, they're great to add to hats, bags, like straps on stuff. Honestly, go check them out, I've kept some of them for myself to add to my bag, because I just couldn't let them all go, I need to keep some for myself. And also, if you're into Funko Pops, much like myself, and like me, are also kind of addicted to them. I've got a 10% off code for you for OpticCollectibles.com and it's ChibiWeeb. So if you enter the code ChibiWeeb on OpticCollectibles.com, you'll save 10% off your order. Go check them out. They've got some exclusives and chase on chase what pops on there and also some like mystery boxes where it's kind of like you could get a chase, you could get a normal, who knows, it's all part of the Funko collecting fun. Go to opticcollectibles.com for 10% off using the code CHIBBYWEEB. So this episode, this week, is another instalment of the kind of series I'm doing where it's the various One Piece arcs and I'm doing a podcast episode as for each one as I work my way through the well over a thousand episodes of One Piece. And as I kind of journey through the arcs, I thought it would be a good idea to do a series of them for the podcast, kind of review the arcs, cover my thoughts, some trivia... Some facts about kind of the stats from the arc, but the characters and the world, well, the islands themselves, and any of the Easter eggs and nuggets that kind of occur within the arc itself. There's so many arcs, and the world is of One Piece is so intricate that I thought this would be a great little mini series, I guess, that kind of getting longer, obviously, as One Piece gets longer, and as I make my way through the arcs. But I thought this would be great if, because so many people like me are, have, aren't caught up to One Piece, especially now the live-action newcomers coming to the series, that I thought this would be a great series to discuss and share thoughts around all the arcs as we kind of go through them. So this time, the episode will be all about Punk Hazard, the first world that the Mujiwaras really kind of get to by accident as part of their journey into the new world. So let's dive into all the fun and chaos that takes place on the island of Punk Hazard. This arc, the arc of Punk Hazard, covers 46 manga chapters and it also covers 46 episodes in the anime. This is one of the smaller arcs for that anime but it matches perfectly with the amount of manga chapters that are also kind of available for the arc. So it's kind of always really satisfying when they kind of match up like that. And this is the first arc as part of the Dressrosa saga. So let's, before we dive into anything, let's talk about the, I don't want to say the elephant in the room, but let's talk about one of the most defining features of Punk Hazard, which is its super weird island. 
So the island is surrounded by a sea of fire on one side and icebergs on the other. It's kind of shaped a bit like a pokeball. Don't think that was meant to be on purpose, but hey-ho, we don't know. Oda could be very into Pokemon at the time of creating the Punk, punk Hazard arc. Who knows? But in the centre, there is a hole where seawater flows into it, which separates both halves of the island and has sharks living within. The lake was originally a crater formed at the epicentre of Akainu and Akoji's death match, and then later filled with seawater afterwards. The aftermath of the jewel did leave behind patches of burning and frozen water in the lake. So it's kind of like a pure, like a centre line where the water changes. And this hole has a fierce wind and currents running across it. And as touched upon by Robin, Nico Robin, the extreme temperature difference between the ice and the magma leads to an extreme difference in air pressure, forming massive gale force winds. So this is like an island that is... From one extreme to the next, there's two major, major extremes on the island. And that makes it super odd because not only has the island got an incredible kind of, not incredible scenery, but incredible weather, I guess, incredible environment, but it's also kind of empty. There's all this fire, there's all this ice, there's mountains, there's volcanoes on one side, but then there's nothing else on the island apart from the research centre, which we'll get into in a little bit. But according to Trafalgar Law, it's an island that's not possible to log with the um, log pose and is relatively close to Dressrosa as travel between the two islands can be performed in a short period of time within reason. So the Straw Hats only find this island by accident because of a distress call. So it's only a happen chance that they even found this island because of where they were at that specific point in time. And we find out later on that actually the marine, well, the world government doesn't want the island to be found and it's hidden for that reason. But I do think that island's history is actually quite interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Chernobyl, the uh, radioactive disaster that happened. And at least 20 years prior on the island, gigantification experiments were already being conducted on Punk Hazard. And at the time... Scientists there were attempting to artificially create ancient giants. And that's something touched on by a couple of the characters in the art that that's been experimented on for centuries. And I guess they kind of had different results each time. Though Some of them varied in strength and size. Sometimes they got the desired size that they want. A lot of them sometimes seemed to be lacking intelligence and became considered failures. Kaido essentially arrived eventually arrived on the island and purchased these failures, dubbing them numbers of his crew. But one year after imprisonment, Caesar escapes and returns to Punk Hazard, where he used his devil fruit ability to purify the island of poisonous gas. But in truth, he collected the gas and merged it with a devil fruit, transforming the gas into a sentient mountain-sized creature he named Smiley. And I absolutely loved Smiley. I'm not going to lie. I wish he had more screen time. He even kept it locked up, unfortunately, and hidden it in a warehouse in the Burning Lands should he ever need to release it, which we obviously see. Caesar then goes to recruit the surviving prisoners and gave them artificial legs in the form of gas-powered balloons, 
since they were left paralyzed from their lower bodies due to strong neurotoxin in the gas, and the survivors gladly accepted him as their master, not knowing that he caused their paralysis. That's really hard to say. Which we kind of find out, and it's really upsetting, I think, from their point of view, obviously. You know, it's kind of that huge betrayal moment that they all kind of realise. And another year later, after all that, when most of the remaining poison gas has dispersed, the island was known to the Marines as a large abandoned wasteland that no one could inhabit. So it made the island perfect for the battleground of Admirals Akainu and Okoji. I always feel like I say Oji. Is it O? Oji's? Okoji? You know which one I mean, the ice one. <laughs> and the battle over the position of Fleet Admiral after the end of the Summit War of Marineford. And the duel lasted for 10 days. And the impact and scale of their battle caused one side of the island to be permanently embroiled in flames and including the water around it, and the other half became permanently frozen over. And in the end, Akainu emerged victorious and the island was left transformed in its current state, the Pokeball-style state, a desolate wasteland of fire and ice. And a few months before the Straw Hat's arrival, Trafalgar Law, awesome guy, arrived at the island and made a compact made a pact with Caesar, I merged the two words there, made a pact with Caesar who agreed to keep Law's presence a secret in exchange for healing these new paralysed underlings and Law, using his devil fruit power, turned the surviving prisoners, Monet, Brownbeard, into half-animal, half-human creatures, along with all the other ones on the island as well. And this is one of the really strange kind of aspects, and that's one of the most quirky aspects is this half-human, half-animal kind of style characters that we start interacting with on the island. It kind of adds to the bizarreness of Punk Hazard. I think one of my favourite bits of the arc was actually the characters that we get to interact with in this arc again. So we get to see Law for the first time again, and now he's a warlord, and we get to see Law's OPOP Nomi devil fruit power really showcased in this arc, cutting marines in half, sending marine ship into the air, cutting Punk Hazard in half, like horizontally, and Law is one of my favourite One Piece characters, and I think he looks awesome after the time skip. And this this arc perfectly set him up for Dressrosa. And the one character that always gets kind of a bad rep, even though the, he's kind of like the main character of this arc, is Caesar. And I think being the Punk has a scientist, I love the design of him with his kind of like gassiness and the kind of almost punk style that it does have. Obviously, it's called Punk Hazard, but yeah, I think it's very cool. I love the idea of his very scientific devil fruit power and kind of the whole aspect of him being able to remove the oxygen. And I think that created a bit of tension due to how close Luffy could get in their battle in the end and didn't feel as though it didn't feel as though he was a major threat overall and not overly powerful, but I did find him entertaining overall, I guess. But one of the characters I was really happy to to see again was Smoker. We haven't seen Smoker in the arcs for a while and we finally get to see the return of Smoker in this. Even though it does unfortunately get beaten, I think it was great. It was really fun seeing the kind of body swap between Smoker and the lady one. I forgot her name, unfortunately. I didn't write that down in my notes. But you know, you know what I'm saying? The kind of body swap that Law made a load of people do was really fun, kind of playful, a little bit Freak Friday-esque. I'm wondering if that was an inspiration for that bit. But I think Smoker is my favourite kind of marine character throughout One Piece. So it was great to see his return in this. And I now really enjoy the kind of dynamic that Smoker and Luffy have. And 
the kind of understanding that each other kind of have. We also do get some new characters in this as well. So we get Monet, which is the Harpy character. And I loved her design. I thought she was really cool. And the fight scene in the end with her using all of her snow fruit powers was very cool. She was very mysterious. And we don't really know much about this character throughout the entire arc. But we do get to learn more later on in the story, but not in this arc. Though her design was very cool. Loved her power. Very, 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 very cool. We got to see a little bit more of Virgo in this as well. And this, again, this arc is a common theme throughout this arc. It really set Virgo up for his backstory that we get to see in Dressrosa as well. So we get to see a little bit of a tidbit of him here, but we get to see a lot more of him in Dressrosa. But that's one of the things I think draws me back to One Piece all the time and why I'm hooked on it. It's, it's the continuous returning and growth of characters. And it feels like the world around the main characters is running in the background. It's not just sat waiting for events to happen. But it's more that events are happening around the Mujiwaras. And making it's the events around them are making characters shift and move. And we end up meeting them later on. And they've grown and developed. And the world around the, the, the main characters is always shifting. And it kind of helps to make the entire world feel alive. Just a little bit of a roundup on the character body swap. I think this is something that was fun. And there was a lot of fan service with this, with Sanji showcasing Nomi's bot like assets and Tashigi's assets being shown by Smoker because he undoes her shirt while while he's swapped with her. But the best bit about this swap for me was the interaction between Chopper, who was Frankie. And Robin, every time Frankie spoke, Robin told him not to speak in Chopper's body. And I absolutely loved that weird little fun interaction every time Chopper, who was Frankie, spoke. That was so, so fun. And that was so small. So, so small. You could easily forget that. But I love those micro interactions within One Piece that you end up spotting. And really, they end up making the episode for me. But this arc did give us some firsts. This is the first time we see a devil fruit be recreated in the world. So when Smiley, the creature, died, uh, its fruit was recreated in the world near a bunch of apples. I think they were nearby. I, I assumed they were nearby in the world. But you see it kind of shake and vibrate and the swirls go on to the fruit, which is very, very cool. So we kind of see the first fruit being recreated. And I loved the smiley creature. But we also see the first man-made devil fruits as well that we know of. So this is the first ones and the first kind of them that we've seen. But this links heavily to the themes of Dressrosa, which will obviously be the next episode in this series. But just moving on to like themes and things like that, I think I mentioned it before that One Piece always kind of has... It always has this moment where it touches on these more heavy topics that a lot of shows, you you don't expect it to be done in an anime. And one of the main heavy themes for this art was drugs and addiction and with the kids. And yesterday there the, was the trapping and kidnapping and those kind of themes. But the main heavy one was this addiction that these kids had, had got because of the uh, sweets by the candy by Caesar. But this was really heavy and I think this is one of the most emotional scenes within the arc was Chopper's reaction to, I think you said her name, like Mocha, like Mocha, um, eating all of the candy to save her friends and that big sacrifice that she, that really grown up choice that this child made 
in order to save her friends so that they could grow up. She was okay with not growing up so that they could. That was really, really heavy and really strong. And we had, we know, we had the body swap. We had the fun sides of the, the series and this arc. But that was one of the heavy main themes. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't want to say brave, but it kind of was for an anime to really touch on something like that in that way. That it wasn't just, a, oh, we found a cure, it's fine. Someone, you know, one of the characters that wasn't even a main character, but got a lot of screen time, a lot of emotion put behind her, was okay with essentially committing suicide at this point to save her friends. And that's something that I think One Piece does especially to other shows, including other anime, but including other drama, other actual movies, that kind of stuff, other media, is that ability to mix these highs and lows of emotions with it being be it a fun body swap to heavy drug, drug addiction themes and suicidal themes going on, no matter who the character is. I did try to find some trivia for this, but there isn't a lot of trivia for this arc at all, I have to say, I'm really sorry. However, this arc has a different purpose. So this arc really helps to set up the storyline for the Dress Rosa arc that follows. So, so many of the points in this arc are actually based off of what we learn in Punk Hazard, so a lot of the themes for uh, Rosa with the Mami Fruit, the, you know, law and everything like that, all this stuff, I won't spoil it, actually gets its basis from Punk Hazard. So this really, this arc serves multiple purposes, so it gives us a time skip, it also introduces us to characters such as Caesar, and it shows us the slight evolution or present time law. And I thought the story for this arc was entertaining enough, but with the greater purpose of this arc was to introduce characters, set up the longer-term story for Dressrosa, and all the major and minor plot points that would follow for one of the longest arcs up until One Piece history at this point. And this wouldn't be... I don't think this would be one of my favourite arcs, I have to say. I enjoyed the kind of weird environment, but I wish it kind of had more to it than just a hot and a cold side. I wish the world was a little bit more intricate, but at the same time, it does have a backstory as to why it wasn't. So in comparison, I think I'm so used to seeing the like the islands and the areas that the crew go to being very lush and very full of life and very deep in their geographical layout and purposing, I guess. This one felt a little bit stark, but it's stark for a reason. So I kind of get it. It's just very different to what we're used to. But I appreciate the heavy lifting that this arc did for the overreaching One Piece storyline. I'm partway through Dressrosa now. I'm on episode 716 at the time of recording this. And wow, I don't know if I'm going to have to do a, a part one and part two of the next kind of arc in this podcast series for One Piece. I might have to do a Jess Rosa review part one and part two because there is so, so much to look forward to for Jess Rosa. If you haven't started Jess Rosa, wow, do not delay. Get on it. It is just wow. Overall, this arc is one though it does fall into the category that people ask whether you can skip it or not. Some people say yes, but I would say no. I always say no, and I know I do. That was a lot of no's. But 
I don't think any arc is worth skipping. They give you so much insight. I think if you just read the footnotes, you won't get everything, even if they're really detailed footnotes. It's always worth sticking through it. It's not a very long arc, but it really, really sets the stage for Dressrosa. And you don't want to go into Dressrosa not knowing everything and getting all the emotions that have gone on within Punk Hazard and properly being set up for it. It may not be a favourite and it may not be one of the huge main arcs, but it leads up to one of the biggest ones. Don't skip it. Keep with it. It's There's no point rushing through One Piece to get to the end to catch up because you'll miss up so you'll miss so much but leave a review it's free and it takes a couple of seconds to do but let me know in that review what you thought of punk hazard let me know are you excited if you haven't quite reached dressrosa yet are you excited honestly get hyped i cannot share with you enough how much i love the next art we'll talk about Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for checking this out. I really do appreciate every single listen, every follow, every download. It really does mean a lot. From one weeb to another, thank you so much. If you're wanting any anime merch, head over to my social media links. Head, find me on social media, find me on TikTok, Instagram, all that good stuff. And you'll see a link to my eBay shop where I have a bunch of anime themed prints for you to check out with worldwide shipping. Please do leave a rating and a review on the podcast platform that you're listening on this to. It really does support the show. It only takes a few seconds and it's free. I cannot ask. If I ask one thing of you, I'd ask that. Please do leave a rating and a review. Even if it's not great, please let me know. You know, it's even a bad one. Well, bad press is always... what. No, what's the saying? Any press is good press, I guess. Oh, that rhymed. So, so... A rating and review would be great. It really does support the show, so thank you so, so much for whatever Ruth kind of review you do leave. If you're a mega fan of anime, then why not check out my brand new Patreon monthly subscription club? There are three tiers of membership, Chibi Fan, Chibi Super Fan, and Chibi Mega Fan, with each tier being better than the last. Each month, for one cost, you'll receive free prints, free downloads and much, much more, including exclusive behind-the-scenes videos, photos and more of how I create my prints and anime-themed artwork. If you'd like to receive exclusive updates and anime-themed goodies every single month delivered straight to you, then why not check out my Patreon? The link's down below. I'm sure you'll love being a part of the Chibi Weeb fan club. Sometimes finding a birthday card or an occasion card can be a boring task. However, I have some anime-themed cards on my thoughtful.co.uk creator profile, which is found in my links on social media. Over on Thoughtful, you'll find a bunch of anime-themed cards, such as Studio Ghibli Happy Birthday cards and more, with my range being updated regularly. Each card is processed by thoughtful.co.uk, with shipping being fast, quick and efficient. You can shop my anime-themed cards over on my Instagram, with my links being over on there. Search Chibiweave Anime and you'll find me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. It really does mean a lot. Please do leave a rating and a review down below. It really does support the show and it's free to do. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next Friday. Have a great weekend. If you're a subscriber or if you're thinking of subscribing or starting the free trial on Apple Podcasts, I'll see you on Sunday for the next episode of the Chibi Peace exclusive Apple Podcast exclusive episode on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.